Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. And just can't miss tonight. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. I have a real treat for everybody. I almost said tweet for everybody. I've got a real treat for everybody. It's something that I've been looking forward to all week uh, because of the Super Bowl on Sunday. Actually, it's something I've been looking to for a lot longer than that. I had this extraordinary intern working for me for a period of months last summer and into the early fall. I'll give her a shout out. She deserves it. Blake McGill, who is now back at Dartmouth, back in Hanover, New Hampshire. I tried to talk her out of the task, uh, but nevertheless, I mean, truly, I wrote her an email and I said, you do not want this job. I was CC'd on that. This is true. Remember Mike Rowe had uh, the TV show on CNN, Dirty Jobs? Yeah, this is just horrendous This was just jobs. a dirty job. Just bad. The, the dirty job is this. I've been in this business 30 years now, the last eight at Sirius XM. And for my time at Sirius XM, we've got records and we know where all the interviews are located. But for the prior 22 years, I had a lot of my material, but in a state of disarray. And I needed my radio archives organized. I needed them organized and a searchable document produced, which is so important because they can be organized. But garbage in, garbage out. If somebody records a guest's name incorrectly and I go searching for it, I'm never going to find it, right? If if Arlen Specter becomes S-P-E-C-T-O-R, I'm not finding it. So I impressed that upon Blake. She understood. She literally had to listen to seven plus years of my morning radio show. Think about that. Going through 5.30 to 9 for five days a week for seven plus years. But she did it. And the benefit for all of us is that some items that heretofore could not be located, now I've got my hands on. There's an interview that I did with Steve Sable, the president of NFL Films in 2010, son of Ed Sable, who was the founder of NFL Films. And this guy just blew me away. He did not have a book to promote, but during the course of the interview, I said to him, man, you have got to write a book. He was such a gifted storyteller. I had no relationship with him. I don't know what gave rise to this interview. I have no idea how it all came to pass. All I know is that right before Super Bowl 44, this was 2010, February of 2010, by the way, Super Bowl 44, Saints and the Colts in Miami, 31-17, Saint victory, the who played at halftime. I have no recollection of any of that. 
but I remember Steve Sable because he came into my studio to talk about uh, the history of NFL. No, I'm sorry. It was a phoner. It was a phoner. He talked to me about the history of NFL films, how his father, who had given up the you know his job selling overcoats, starts a business originally called Blair Motion Pictures, named for Steve's sister and a friend of mine, Blair Sable. He then regales my audience with stories about some of the legends of the NFL. And I have listened to it recently, and it's everything I thought it was, and then some. Here's the sad note. This was 2010. You're going to hear a guy full of, I'll say it, piss and vinegar. I mean, just unbelievable. It just exuding confidence and, and seemingly, you know, robust health. The following year, he learned the cancer. That was 2011. And one year later, he was gone at age 69. I'm looking at his obituary in the New York Times. Steve Sable, who was the creative force behind NFL films, his father's innovative enterprise that melded cinematic ingenuity, martial metaphors, and symphonic music. This is beautifully written. To lend professional football the aura of myth and help fuel its rise in popularity, died Tuesday in Morristown, New Jersey. He was 69. The cause of death was brain cancer. So he was gone two years after this interview. But wait until you hear. TC, let's play the whole damn thing, even even with the, the, the intro music. My pleasure. Yeah, let's do this. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. 
Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. We interrupt your regularly scheduled Oh my gosh. Do you remember this? The show intro at the time? That voice. Still using Stuck in the Middle. Warning. The following program may be inappropriate for ideologues at either end of the political spectrum. Hey, I kind of like that. I like that line. We bring might have to bring it back. Let's let's keep listening. Broadcasting from the cradle of liberty. Like that. This is the Michael Smirkanish program. Do, can you stop that for one second? Just a, a parenthetical thought, if I may. Do you remember, I don't know the name, shame on me, of, uh, and he was a vocal artist. But this, this guy's voiceover? voice, yeah. this voiceover, this guy was, at the time, the most highly regarded, widely used national political voice. That's what drew you to him. Yes. I, I'll find, I, it's I on inter- the tip of my TC, tongue. wait a minute. This is another interview you've got to find. Because it's not, he would it's say, not as good as Steve Sable, but I interviewed this yeah. guy and he gave me his history of how he got into the business. And he was the one, you can hear it in his voice, you know, like the liberals will, yes, you know, or yes. the conservatives. And will. Once, once he came on my program, forever after, you'd see commercials, he'd be like, that's that guy. Okay, back to Steve Sable. Program Sunday, you don't need me to tell you, is Super Bowl 44. Yeah, 44. For every one of the Super Bowls, NFL Films has been right, right there. Let's listen. Their president is Steve Sable, and it's a thrill for me to have him on the program now. Hey, Steve, thanks for joining us. Hey, Michael, it's, uh, it's good to talk to you. I, I had once the privilege of playing golf with your dad, Ed Sable, the founder of NFL Films, and I, I read recently that he started what is this tremendous business for just $3,000, he acquired the rights. Am I correct in starting for that? Well, that's right. If you play golf with my dad, I know, I'll tell you this, that he's not that good of a golfer, but he's got a scratch mouth. <laughs> I mean, he is the greatest <laughs> razor, and uh, he he mastered the art of being able to belch in the middle of someone's backswing, and uh, he was He's a tough person, a tough, uh, a tough uh, partner to play golf I, with. I think really... he, I think he took three grand from me that day. <laughs> yeah. the, the three grand he used to start NFL Films. That's so, right. So you, you NFL Films, because I, I want to talk about some of these great stories that you have. But talk to me about the business. I am, and I think everybody else is, just fascinated over what you do. Well, the the business is, as you pointed out, Michael, it, it's the kind of a story you'd read in the Saturday Evening Post or Family Circle magazine. It certainly couldn't happen today. My dad was a an overcoat salesman, and as a wedding present, he got a wind-up Bell & Howell movie camera. And everything that I did as his first and only son, he captured with that camera. My first pony ride, my first haircut, my first football game. He filmed every football game I played. Then when I uh, was old enough to go to college, I went to college in Colorado, he decided to make a jump to quit the overcoat business and 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 pursue his dream, which was to make movies. And he figured that, uh, you know, he filmed me playing football. That was what his expertise was. And he was, and as all entrepreneurs and dreamers are, he he just put everything on the line. He, he always believed you have to dare to be great. He found out in 1961 that the film rights for the NFL championship game every year were out were up for auction for the highest bidder. And in '61, uh, it was fifteen hundred dollars. So my dad doubled the bid in 1962. Pete Rosell opens up his envelope and uh, is flabbergasted that someone would bid three thousand dollars for the NFL championship game. But then he was a little concerned when he looked at my dad's application and it said, "Experience filming football, filming my fourteen-year-old son <laughs> <laughs> on eight millimeter." 
Right. Well, no, no, it was 16. Michael, it was 16 millimeter. It was a, it was a wind up on the Bell and Howl movie. Wow. And uh, my, my dad t- tells it after a three martini lunch, he convinced Pete to, uh, to to give him a chance. That night, I got a phone call from my dad. Uh, he said, you know, I can see by your grades out there, all you're doing is playing football and going to the movies. Why don't you come back and help me put this film together? So I left school over Christmas vacation, and we uh, did the 62 championship game. And it was not really that different than what had been done before. We shot a little more slow motion and had shot it in color. But the next year, my dad... You know, got the rights again, but they went up to 7,000. Then the next year, it was 15,000. And then my dad realized that sooner or later, uh, you know, a, a Paramount Pictures or a, a Universal or a 20th Century Fox was going to realize that there's something to this National Football League. Uh, we're going to get in on it. But at that point, in 1965, my dad convinced Pete Rozelle and the 12 owners, if you can believe that, there were just 12 teams then, to each put up $20,000 and they bought our family company, which was called Blair Motion Pictures. It was named after my sister, and uh, we became NFL Films. What a great, on, what a great entrepreneurial story! By the way, this is Steve Sable, and he's the president of NFL Films, and is sharing with us the founding of that uh, that business by his dad, Ed Sable. Am I right that in Super Bowl Eight, and this was Pittsburgh and Dallas? In the Orange Bowl, you are a cameraman, and you are a cameraman in the Steelers' locker room? Oh, yeah. That was uh, Super Bowl, um, let's see, the Roman numerals, uh, Super Bowl 13. 13. And that was the game Terry Bradshaw passed for a record four touchdowns, Steelers won. And uh, I, was a, I was a sound cameraman. It was my job to go into the Steelers' locker room after the game. Apparently... A Steeler fan got past the Super Bowl guard dogs and the policemen and all the security, and he got into the locker room right with the Steelers after the game and came in with uh, with me and my camera crew. But the thing that made it such a unique story was that he took off all his clothes <laughs> and he took a shower with the team. And, and here I was in the locker room, and it was a small locker room in the Orange Bowl, and there's this bald little white guy in the shower next to Joe Green and Jack Lambert. And I, I knew he wasn't a, a player, but I figured, well, maybe he's an equipment guy right. or a trainer or something or a team doctor. And when Joe Green comes out of the shower, I said, Joe, who is that guy? And in Joe's exact words, I don't know who the bleep that guy is. So the guy gets out of the shower, and now I'm sort of on to him. So I'm watching this, and he takes his towel, and he goes in front of Larry Brown's locker. Now, Larry Brown was a six foot four, 260-pound African-American tight end. This big, muscular guy. And now, this is the best part. Three reporters thinking this guy was Larry Brown are interviewing him. <laughs> Because, you know, Michael, in the Super Bowl, you get writers from the Pottstown Chronicle right. and the Des Moines, and yeah. they didn't know, and they saw the name, and I'm figuring, well, they're looking at this guy, this little fat, bald, middle-aged one, and they're thinking, this guy is Larry Brown, and they're interviewing him, and he went, you know, he'd seen the game, so he went right along, yeah, it was a, a post-pattern, and I did this, and I did that, and of course, the, another ultimate uh, punchline is that Larry Brown never even suited up for the game, he didn't even play. Oh, that is so, great. Come so ever, on. Ever since then, I've been very very leery of any kind of locker room quote from the Super Bowl. Have you written a book? No. You need to write a book, man. These <laughs> stories. And, you know, I'm thinking of, of the legend of Vince Lombardi. But, Steve Sable, you, you, you actually, you know, were exposed to him. You were a cameraman when, when who? Gifford interviewed him? 
Yeah, that was Super Bowl one, and Frank was interviewing Vince right before the game. But he was incredibly nervous. People don't realize that there was so much at stake for not only the legacy of the Packers and the legacy of Lombardi, but the National Football League. And all week, he was getting phone calls from Wellington Mara and Carol Rosenwin, George Hallis, and they were saying the reputation of the National Football League is at stake. So when Frank Gifford went to interview him before the game, he puts his arm around uh, Coach Lombardi. And as a cameraman, I noticed Lombardi was just quivering. He was so nervous. And after the interview was over, uh, Frank takes his arm off and he just says, I've never seen Coach that nervous. And his whole sport jacket was wet. Lombardi had just sweat right through, you know, with Gifford had his arm around him and Frank's whole sport jacket was wet. But the best part of that story is that those are the days that uh, coaches wore coats and ties. And Vince had had a Windsor knot on his tie. It was knotted so tight it was like the size of a marble. And after the game, I follow him into the locker room to get an interview, and as he's doing the interview, he's struggling to get this tie undone. And in the middle of the interview, we have to stop it, and he waves over the equipment manager, a guy by the name of Dad Brazier, and he comes over with a pair of tape shears and just just cuts the tie right off. But that's only half the story, Michael. Um, A couple months later, we came back to show uh, Coach Lombardi the finished Super Bowl film, and he used to have a little cocktail party at his house, and he'd serve drinks. Uh, it was just he, he had a drink was just vodka and ice, and he used to call them white Cadillacs. And he and, and the other thing too was interesting about Lombardi is that he loved a joke. He he loved loved to hear jokes. He he couldn't tell a joke, but he loved to hear it. And whenever he told a joke, he would always mess up the punchline. Everybody around him, you you, you weren't sure. Well, is this the end? But everybody would sort of laugh nervously because they didn't want to hurt his feelings. But the thing about this this particular uh, um, uh, party at the end was that he showed the film, and at the end. We, you know, you see Coach Lombardi, um, you know, um, with the tie cut, with the tie cut, and then as the film ends, um, you, we hear this flapping. Those are the days when the project, you know, yeah, 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 like in homeroom, sure, right. And all of a sudden, there's this sort of commotion in the back, and it's Marie, who also Vince's wife, who also had a little bit to drink, and she said, "That's that you stupid so and so. That's the Christmas tie I gave you. How could you be so dumb as to let someone cut it off? That was an airmate tie. It was forty dollars, and uh, that's what we we said that he preserved uh, the league's reputation, but he lost the tie. This is uh, Steve Sable. He's the president of NFL Films, regaling me and all of you with stories about. Some of the legends of the National Football League. Hey, I, I have this image in my mind of a very dapper Hank Stram, coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, and then as a commentator. Uh, what an interesting character. Well, Hank was, uh, of course, we had Hank Mike for Super Bowl Four, and that became, and to this day, is still the most popular of all Super Bowl films because of Hank's personality, and it's running on a loop right now as we speak on ESPN. But, uh, we we wanted to to uh, convince him to wear a mic for Super Bowl four. So we went up to his hotel at the Royal Sinesta. This was in New Orleans. And Hank was was very vain, and he he was a little pudgy, a little overweight. So he used to wear a scuba suit under his clothes. To Come make on, himself, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, a girdle. Yeah, it was like well, it was like one of those scuba rubber. So we went up to his hotel room to talk to him, and he's sitting there with a tray of crab remix, shrimp lemaise in front of him. He's watching a bowl game, and he's sitting in this scuba suit because. 
because he'd just taken off his vest. <laughs> and we wanted to, you know, mic him for the game. And Hank was one of those people had a very interesting vocabulary. He always referred to himself in the in the in, in the third person. Like he Bob was, Dole. Bob Dole yeah. says, you know, yeah, I get it. Right. This is uh, the mentor, he called himself. He called himself the yeah. mentor. The mentor, right. So he said, we would like to mic you for a game and uh, for the Super Bowl. And uh, Hank said, well, in order for the mentor to wear a microphone for the Super Bowl, there has to be some coin of the realm change hands. <laughs> I had never heard that expression. My dad never heard of it. I didn't know what, what, what I said. My dad says, what do you mean, Hank? And Hank says, you know, rubbing his, his thumb and forefingers together. He says, uh, uh, smush, that's what he called my dad, Big Smush, and I was Little Smush. He says, listen, Big Smush, he says, I want some dead presidents. Some dead presidents. And put in my pocket. <laughs> so we never paid anybody before. Dad says, all right, well, uh, coach, here's $250. And Hank, I'll never forget what Hank says. He says, that won't even pay for the mentor's dry cleaning. The mentor. you got to do better than that. That so is great. He ended up, uh, Michael, with 750 bucks, but it was worth it because uh, having uh, Hank mic'd at that game, uh, every football fan who's seen that, I know it's, it's a classic. It's like having Henny Youngman coach a, a football team with all the funny little one-liners, you know, that ball looks like it has helium in it, or, you know, we've got to matriculate the ball down the field. But it was $750 well spent as far as my dad and I were concerned. I love your stories. You must <laughs> write the book, man. You have got to. Hey, well, one final question, because I know my time is limited with Steve Sable. Who's the best copy from your perspective? You've worked with all the legends of the NFL. Who's the best for your biz, the most interesting character that you ever had? Art Donovan, who played for the Colts. How come? The, the greatest storyteller. And, he, and he, every story that Art had had a finish. You know, well, you would know this being in the business. There's a story, and, and wherever a story has to have a good ending, a conclusion. And Art Donovan always had funny stories, and they always had a great punchline. He he would be number one of the, of the coaches. Uh, Bill Walsh was a very interesting Really? I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't have figured. Yeah, well, not so much funny, Michael, but he was a wordsmith and yeah. he had a way of, uh, of 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 explaining things and eliminating I a lot of cliches. I figure like Ditka or Buddy Ryan or no, Buddy the... Ryan was uh, very disappointing. Buddy really? Ryan had one or two funny uh, little uh, quips and, and that was uh, it. An interview. Yeah, uh, his son is much is much more interesting oh. than he is. Isn't that something? Hey, Steve Sable, this is a great treat as we head into Super Bowl Sunday, and I, I thank you so much for your time. And when come back when the book comes out. Okay, I'm telling you, you're making a mistake, my friend. If you don't write the book, these are great stories. I'm a, uh, I love stories. You got some winners. Oh, thank you very much. Tell your daddy owes me three grand. Okay, I will. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Oh man, it it it's as good as I remembered it, and I've I've now listened to it several times. Steve Sable, cinematic force for the NFL, who left us in 2012. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on SiriusXM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
we got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.